Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. Wow. It shouldn't take this long. It shouldn't take this long. Welcome to the Weekend Update with Dave DeFore and Keith Parrish. Every Monday on The Athletic NBA Show. It did the same thing to me that it's intended to do to the world. Ding, ding! I have access to information that the public doesn't. Welcome to the Daily Ding, the Weekend Update. My name is Keith Parrish. I'm here with Law Murray to wrap up the best NBA action from Sunday and the weekend. Uh, I think we'll start here, Law. Light the beam. The beam team. The Sacramento Kings have won six straight games for the first time in 1,400 games. I believe it was Brad Miller and Chris Webber. The last time the Sacramento Kings have won six in a row, they defeated the Detroit Pistons. Not exactly a powerhouse to keep this streak going, but they do enough down the stretch. Jaron Fox, Kevin Herter coming up big, and your Sacramento Kings, uh, the hottest team in the NBA. I love how the Kings are playing uh, because they're just so powerful offensively. Like, they, their offense is basically that perfect team going through the sky and holding one center at night, man. I mean, they have leftover points. That's where that, that the energy of that beam is in those points. Like, you would think you, you're watching the other Northern California team uh, when you when you watch this team. Uh, they, they Especially the starting lineup. They're just so diverse with how they can score. And obviously, Fox is the guy that people recognize and they traded a lot of pieces for Sabonis, but they have a good rookie. They have an outstanding shooter in Kevin Herter who does more than shoot the basketball. And then Harrison Barnes is still there. I mean, Harrison might be able to grow a beard this year and, and, and actually get to cut it off when he wants to. Uh, one of the great disappointments of my life is the time Harrison Barnes started growing that beard, saying he was going to grow it until the Kings made the playoffs. And then uh, the pandemic happened and the league shut down. And I was like, well, Harrison's still growing that beard, right? He told me he was still growing that beard, and then he did it. He did it. He let me down there. But you're right. The Kings have a lot of ways to score, and they're putting up tons of points every night. You say they gave up a lot for DeMontis Sabonis, which is true. They gave up not so much for Kevin Herter. I mean, maybe you could have the people who would argue where they were in their team-building cycle, yada, yada. You don't want to give away like a first-round pick for Herter. But Herter has filled 
a void, a scoring wing, just an extra shooter they need. And the guy's on fire. Like the guy is knocking down these incredible uh, percentage of three-pointers. Look at the Hawks. The Hawks are pretty good. But it's like, why did you not also want Kevin Herter on your team? Because this guy, like he's filling it up. And yeah, the Kings are very, very exciting. It's also funny where you look like the razor's edge of what makes a uh, ecstatic, happy narrative versus, uh, oh, here we go again, same old Kings. They were losing to a Pistons team that's not good. It's playing without Cade Cunningham. That was like, they were, the Kings were on their home court and everyone's talking about like, man, we haven't won six in a row since Mike Bibby was here. And like, they were flirting with disaster, but doesn't matter. De'Aaron Fox comes through in the clutch once again and we can say, hey, like that beam. Right. And and that was a poise game uh, because Malik Monk got ejected. They're down when he gets ejected in the fourth quarter. And from that point on, they, they flipped the game around by about 12 points. Like when you're, look, the NBA is hard. So you're going to lose some games you're not supposed to. You're going to get shocked by teams that you're trying to figure out who they were in the scouting report in your locker room before the game, you know, and the Pistons came up with points that, I mean, the Pistons were just in LA for a couple games and we didn't see those points at all from the Detroit Pistons. Okay. Uh, so that's the thing. The Kings are, they still have a level to get to as far as improvement. They're still a really bad defensive team. They still, <laughs> you know, have to figure out how to get decent production from the bench consistently. They have good players. Malik is an outstanding score. Uh, he's gotten to that point. Um, Terrence Davis is pretty good. Off night, uh, I enjoy watching off night play defense, even though he can still be uh, more productive on that end of the floor. Um, they clearly don't have a defensive identity as far as their bigs right now. But, man, Kevin Herter and De'Aaron Fox, that's an outstanding pairing. And... Watching De'Aaron get his buckets as easily dude is shooting 83% in the restricted area this year. 83! <laughs> He's also, uh, last time I checked, was at 70% in clutch situations, De'Aaron Fox was. Yeah, you're right to point out the defensive um, issues with the Kings. Like, and as much as we enjoy, like I enjoy offense and enjoy what De'Aaron Fox is doing, he still could deliver a lot more on the other side of the basketball. I saw a Kings podcaster being like, hey man, you know, we're winning six in a row, we got a good record. Uh, De'Aaron Fox is probably, you know, if the season ended now in the MVP discussion, it's like, all right, slow your roll. Okay, he's he's good. He's done fine. Uh, maybe if you checked a guy every now and then, that would be cool. Uh, earlier in the show, Law, you compared them to their buddies across the Bay, uh, the Office of powerhouse of the Golden State Warriors. Well, the Warriors got a throwback performance from one of their greats. Klay Thompson made 10 three-pointers, 41 points, and they needed all of them. All of it. All of it. They needed all of it, plus Steph Heroics to notch their first road win of the season over, wait for it, the Houston Rockets. So I don't think everything is fixed there, but an incredible throwback performance from Clay Thompson, his seventh career game with 10 or more three pointers. That is the second most all time behind his buddy, Steph, who has 22, but yeah, they needed all those points to beat a Rockets team, which hasn't been exactly impressive this season. Nah, uh, 
I mean, shout out to Clay because obviously Clay's been going through it as far as his return to basketball and the criticism when he doesn't put up 10 threes, you know, when he barely is scoring 10 points in a game. And this is rewarding. You know, you put in the work, you 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 care and you're you get rewarded. And it wasn't just Clay. Uh Steph hit seven threes instead of and, and he got he got another one of them contested late preposterous threes where he Back hit breaking. the night night button on these dudes. Watch right? watch that uh, watch that clip of Steph's final three and watch the Rockets bench. The coaching staff just throwing their clipboards. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Andrew Wiggins hit six threes tonight. Uh, and, I mean, the Rockets, they competed. Um, I didn't think Kevin Porter Jr. would play tonight, and he scored 30. So, and 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 really, that's that's the rub with, uh, with the Warriors. Their defense is bad, too. You know, they fouled too damn much. Uh, they lost another rebounding battle tonight. Um, their their bench got spanked by uh, about 10 points tonight because Tari Eason, who I'm a huge Tari Eason fan, I'll tell everybody, I'll tell I'm telling you now, Keith, that dude Tari Eason going to be a problem. Uh, he had 19 and 8 off the bench tonight for the Houston Rockets. Um, if anything, they should have probably played him more. You know, like I know Eric Gordon got off to a nice start, but you got to start playing Tari Eason and Kenya Martin Jr. a little bit more than you are. So, um, the Warriors, they they needed this one. Uh, they can get the 500 if they can get another road win. I believe they're in New Orleans on Monday. Um, and then a big national TV game against the Clippers Wednesday, uh, right before Thanksgiving. So, uh, you know, a win's a win. You take it so you can build some momentum. A win's a win. I still have a healthy respect and fear of the Warriors. They clearly have this pedigree. They've won all these titles. They have all these awesome players who have historically tormented uh, other other Western Conference teams. And yet I keep falling back to this, like, Clay hit 10 threes. Steph had the fifth game in NBA history with over 30 points, 15 assists, and seven three-pointers. And you, and you eke it out? You, you scratch it out over the Rockets? who are, We're like, why don't you play your rookies more? Like, wasn't Tari easing good more burn? I mean, you assume they're going to get it together. Steve Kerr keeps saying, like, they look like they're playing in the Drew League. Like, why aren't you guys checking anybody? So, like, uh, are, are we going to see them round into shape soon? Or, or maybe Thanksgiving? Will Thanksgiving break be uh, what they need? A, a little home cooking, possibly? And uh, we'll find the Warriors' defense. They'll find that identity that's helped them win four titles? That Drew League comment was wild coming from Steve Kerr, especially since he's got <laughs> three starters who've played... <laughs> Three rotation players, um, three of his top six players have played in the Drew. Like, that is a wild comment. Uh, so if they played a little bit more with with, with a little bit more urgency, um, like you see in the Drew, then maybe, maybe Golden State's defense wouldn't be as bad. But I digress. I have access to information that the public doesn't. Also, on Sunday... The Brooklyn Nets got Kyrie Irving back, returning from a team suspension. He teamed up with Kevin Durant and Ben Simmons to take on the Memphis Grizzlies. The Grizzlies in this one, Grizzlies had a big, weird weekend where they got 
They finally got John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, clicking on Friday night to slow down the Thunder, who've been playing really, really well. But in that game on Friday night, John Morant gets hurt. So now the Grizzlies roll into Brooklyn without John Morant, without Desmond Bain, without Jaron Jackson Jr., who's held out for return to play procedures as his surgically repaired foot heals up and you face the Nets and it's hard to focus anytime you talk about the Nets on just the game because there was stuff going on off the court, which our athletic colleagues will get to more and more throughout the week, I'm sure. But the product on the court, Kyrie and the Nets took on a shorthanded team and for at least the time being, maybe as a Nets fan, they can focus in and say, hey, at least we took care of business. The thing with the Nets is they're going to have a level of talent on the offensive side of the ball. And it's about building cohesiveness. I think that eight game, the team that Kyrie is coming back to is obviously a lot different than the team he left, right? You know, um, a new coach, uh, new roles for a lot of guys. Like Ben was coming off the bench for a while. He actually started this game because Nick Claxton was unavailable. And I thought Ben produced today uh i mean look if you're gonna put 13 shots up and make 11 i think that's a good game <laughs> you know um the nets as a team shot 60 percent from the field i think that's a that's that's a good performance any way you look at it uh certain guys who were playing throughout Kyrie's entire suspension didn't get off the bench tonight I'm talking about edmund sumner so right. uh the nets are constantly a team in, in, in flux it's uh, constantly a team that has to deal with what's around the corner but because of the talent that they have, you have to kind of respect the fact that they can beat you. And so uh, I know the Grizzlies are shorthanded, not having arguably their three uh, best players, but I thought it was a good overall, a good night for Brooklyn and a good night for Ben because you know what's next for Ben going into Philadelphia Tuesday and they going to be ready to boo that man back into the bench. <laughs> it was a good warm up. Ben Simmons finishes the game. He has 22 points like you said, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, also has 5 turnovers. Kyrie kind of took it easy on the court. He didn't really get that many shots up. I don't believe he only had five points in the first half. He finished with 14. The big story of this game, yes, the Grizzlies were shorthanded. In the fourth quarter, it was not Kyrie who took over. It was not Kevin Durant. It was not Ben Simmons. It was Utah Watanabe. Put some respect on his name. A revenge game. Utah, formerly on a two-way with the Grizzlies, uh, Got on fire in the fourth quarter. He makes four out of six three-pointers in this one. Utah, by the way, leads the NBA in three-point percentage, and uh, the Grizzlies could not keep up. Dylan Brooks got up a career-high 30 field goal attempts. Bless Dylan's I'm heart. Surprised. I'm surprised that was a career-high. Listen, <laughs> he should have shot more. As a, someone who covers the Grizzlies like watching that game, 35, 36, 37, it was there for him. Uh, keep hey, he got 31 out of them, 30 No, shots. yeah, he was fine. Honestly, the Grizzlies, uh, they played a lot of lineups that um, featured multiple players who played summer league this season. Uh, much like the Nets had turned to the Edmund Summers of the world, uh, the Grizzlies were very shorthanded. Um, another game that happened on Sunday that featured a shorthanded squad was the Denver Nuggets. No Nikola Jokic, still in health and safety protocols. No Jamal Murray. No Aaron Gordon. And yet, they win, would we call this a bizarre game? They win a slightly strange, close game against Luka Doncic and the Mavericks. What well, What was the best thing to you about this game? Because I think it's going to be the same thing that I liked. 
Yeah, it's got to be Vlako Chanchar making a two <laughs> for what from from uh, fifty six feet something, or something like that. This was the, the bizarre play. Give us the whole thing because this is a, this was a bizarre circumstance that I don't think I've ever seen in an NBA game. Okay, so you remember in the Eastern Conference Finals when Max Struess hit a big three, oh, but the referee yes. they they went back to review it, saw he was his heels were on the boundary uh, line. Heat fans bounds, still turnover. maintain they've never seen an image of Max Struess's heel touching the line, much like Luca maintains his heel did not touch the line tonight. But I'm sorry, I I, uh, I interrupt. So they look at that, right, Keith? They look at that. At halftime, after the both teams had gone to their locker rooms, they determined that not only did Buka's shot not count ahead of the halftime buzzer, uh, but there were two seconds left that had to be played to complete the first half. They waited until the teams came back on the court for the third quarter to play those two seconds. And in those two seconds, Vlako Chanchar, who is playing almost solely because of the guys who not only were unavailable to start the game, but Jeff Green, he played five minutes and was done tonight, right? He hits this heave. So that is a, what, six-point six turnaround point swing right, right there. there. Yeah. Now hold on with me, because at the end of the game, the Mavericks are down by one, and Luka has an opportunity to... Hit a game winner. He chooses to attempt that game winner from 35 feet because, of course, and it comes out and that was the ball game. Uh, Bullock had a chance with a tip in. It wasn't much of a chance. Like the he missed a shot. Wouldn't have counted anyway because there was so little time left at the time of the rebound. Um, a one point game, Keith, decided by a six point swing. Off yeah. of a review, as both teams are in the locker room at halftime, it, it, thinking that one team is up. It was, it was again, like I said, never seen anything like it. It's one of those few things. Like most, turns out, most average fans, and I'll even probably say most average uh, uh, broadcast uh, partners and play by play guys don't understand uh, the replay rules. But like one thing you can review is shots when the buzzer goes off, and then one of the aspects of those plays you can review is if whether or not someone stepped out of bounds or not. So we had this strange situation. The Nuggets are now saying that like uh, Chanchar practiced these practices these constantly. He's like their go-to half court guy. So they ran a play for their half court shooter. This little extra two seconds, they get, they pick up those, those three points there. And then down the stretch, it's just, it's gotta be a disappointing loss for the Mavericks. The Mavericks have a few of these now where they've lost to very shorthanded teams. I gotta also question Luca's final shot. You're only down by one. Why are you shooting a 40-footer or like a 35-footer with three seconds left? Like, move towards the basket. Maybe dribble once. Here's, here's, here's my theory. Uh, so, Vlako Chanchar is from where? Oh, is he Slovenian? He, he is from Slovenia. I think Luca was not trying to have... <laughs> Vlaco be the one Slovenian to hit a huge shot at the end of it. <laughs> trying try to steal the headline. But it's a big win for the Nuggets, and the Mavericks are struggling just a tiny bit. Also on the weekend, uh, let's give some honorable mentions. The Utah Jazz took care of business, won some big games against teams up in the top of the standings alongside the Jazz. They beat the Suns, and they beat the Trailblazers also. 
have to recognize the Indiana Pacers and Washington Wizards both going 2-0 on the weekend, and they have both moved into the top six of the Eastern Conference. And that's going to do us for this episode. Law, get us out of here. Ding, ding. Ding, ding, bing, team. How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.